Hi, this is John Barnes, and you're listening to Cop On. What madness? What madness? Um, the final whistle went on Liverpool 2, Aston Villa 1, uh, about an hour ago as we're recording this, and I'm still recovering. Um, and I'm absolutely thrilled that uh, Abdul is here from um, at Watch. LFC. I have to. I have to check the Twitter thing. My mind's gone. My mind's gone. You could tell us in a moment, Abdul. And Brian, um, it's here from Hong Kong as well. And um, yeah, my mind's gone. I, I I sunk to my knees when Trent scored that goal, and I actually started uh, punching the ground in jubilation. But then I saw that there were four and a half minutes of additional time left. And I stayed on my knees. And it was four and a half minutes of the most fraught and intense feelings. Um, I just recorded a, a review for Blood Red Podcast and in which I said that my heart was pounding faster than the whoop, whoop, whoop of dubstep dance floor classics. Um, so, Abdul, please, I apologise for the introduction, getting everything wrong. Please remind everybody of the Twitter handle, the excellent Twitter handle that we can watch all this great Liverpool content. And please, Abdul, tell us how, how you're feeling. Hi, Owen. It's great to be back. Um, what I'd firstly say is uh, it's watch underscore LFC. Um, but it's not actually up right now because uh, the Fed's got us. The Fed's got us with a copyright so we've been down for quite a while, actually. Um, and you just reminded me to send off another uh, copyright notification because there's actually been over 20 business days since I submitted a uh, counterclaim and the account still hasn't been back up. So I'm just waiting, waiting and uh, hoping that they will reinstate the account before too long. So, uh, yeah, a bit of depressing news to start off on. But uh, aside from that, yeah, Liverpool... Back to winning ways, three in a row in a Premier League. Can't get better than that. And um, even the, the, the style of win, I think, was really important considering we need to uh, come back from behind to win against Madrid on Tuesday. So it's good to have a coming back from behind win today. So, yeah, I'm over the moon. Um, I'm glad Gareth Southgate was in the stands to watch Trent Cull in an absolute screamer. And, yeah, just like you, it's just a lot of emotions. And I'm glad we came out on the other side. Um of the storm for once in a while yeah for once absolutely how about you brian how are you oh ecstatic absolutely ecstatic i've had a great day everything has gone really well in my life today uh, and, and it just capped off with liverpool winning this game where it looked like they didn't they weren't gonna win it was gonna fizzle out it was gonna be just another chapter in an abject season of false dawns and you know we get our hopes up and then we get knocked back and you know this game was so important everything this game so much was riding on this game and when Trent scored that goal oh my god I was watching the game with my buddy we both just jumped up and hugged each other you know and it was it was just proper elation absolute elation it's like yes because there was a real sense of injustice which about i'm sure we'll go on to talk about about the goal that was disallowed earlier on but i'm just buzzing i am so happy right now 
<laughs> yeah, great stuff. Me too. And you can't say it's not. It wasn't deserved. Twenty-three shots Liverpool had to Aston Villa's nine. Okay, Villa hit the post, but we had that, uh, as you just said, Brian. That stupidly disallowed goal again. You're talking. Uh, what was it this time? Was it uh, the fabric on the shirt that was offside? Who knows? Who knows what nonsense? Who was it? Which uh, um, I forget. Was it? Uh, I can't remember which which commentator it was, but somebody referred to VAR as as miserable geometry. But we won't spend too long on that. We we deserved it. Um, that, but it wasn't the greatest performance, though, Abdul. Was it? I mean, there were there were lots of misplaced passes. There were lots of um, mistakes that were just unforced. Um, I thought Trent. I mean, he. he uh, Generally, that, that I mean, that nincompoop Southgate um, could well have felt justified until Trent scored that screamer. And I just wonder how that result, how you think that result can actually change things for us. I mean, I just checked the Chelsea score. They're 3-0 up after 30 minutes. Of course, never expected a thing from Hodgie. But we're still in the hunt for fourth. Do you think this result is, is, is hugely significant and Trent has pulled us out of the fire and onto the mental piece in a much more comfortable place? Yeah, I think you're right about both fronts. It wasn't a glittering display. It wasn't prime Barcelona. It wasn't even prime Liverpool by any shout. Um, it was just... Uh, at, 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 sometimes it's just good to... For me, in my opinion, sometimes it's good to have those grinding wins. That was what kind of defined our title charge last season. Um, we'd get the one goal that we needed to get a 2-1 or a 1-0 over and over again. Um, but we haven't had them this season. We haven't had the luck in front of goal. We haven't had the clinicism to finish chances, which you otherwise wouldn't have, um, like just lucky chances or anything like that. We haven't had that this season. So it, it felt good for me to have a ground out win where we got that one goal that we needed and good for the mentality of the boys because um, it reminds them again that they are capable of um, getting the result when they need it in the dying embers of a match because again we with madrid coming on tuesday or wednesday sorry we're going to need that kind of fight that bit that battle and i think Klopp showed that with his lineup from the beginning went with milner in there and genie and fabinho in midfield and he wanted that aggression from us um so yeah i, I don't know what actually happened with the performance there were sloppy passes but um i i can forgive it just because of the result um and yeah Trent he he showed what he's about as a player yeah he he does have issues with his consistency but I think what Gareth Southgate will have seen watching him in the stands is that Trent is a player who gets the bit between his teeth and he can produce big moments for a team when a team needs it he's a real fighter and he'll be dedicated to the cause so if you're looking for that in your Euro 2021 squad um Trent is going to bring that in abundance well, speaking as a non-English fan, right? I'm not an English. I don't identify as an English man. Um, never supported England, but I've been sort of interested from the outside. Um, I really don't see the point in going away with England to anywhere, any World Championship or European Championship. I don't think England have got the best team. I don't think there's much chance of winning anything. Uh, and then when the manager of the said national team doesn't even back 
his most prodigiously talented youngster in a great crop of youngsters that England currently have, then I just think uh, Trent, I mean, you know, we know as Liverpool fans how how wonderful he is. And if he's not appreciated, then I would just tell Gareth Southgate to go and go and do one. I mean, even if, you know, Trent had um, 10 crosses, none of them were accurate today. And he tried five long passes. And I think one of them was accurate, although I can check that. Uh, so what? Uh, basically, from 15 long passes, including the crosses, one was accurate, Brian. But when he needed to step up, he he did. He, he had three shots, two on target, uh, three key passes, a 75% passing accuracy, 100 touches of the ball, which was more than anyone else uh, in a Liverpool shirt. Um, Trent is an enigma. Um, what did you make of his his all round game, Brian? And should we, you know, is it is this a a case where we should actually, you know, start moving him forward a bit more if he can if he can thwunk them like he did? Uh, look, I was happy with his performance overall. I thought it was good. Um, you know, he yeah. Look, there's a lot of there's a lot of eyes on Trent at the moment. There's a lot of you know he's the story at the moment and. Um, <clears throat> And, the, and the, particularly the English press, they just, you were talking about, you know, the English national team. And as an Irish guy, uh, you know, I've spent a lifetime just watching England in bemusement because, you know, w- when the Irish were going to the World Cup in Italy and just having a laugh and and just enjoying the crack, uh, England just had this thing about they just they just put so much pressure on their players it's so predictable. It's like, why would you be exactly? Why would you play for England? I mean, I think you know Liverpool fans are a little bit different in the fact that the most Liverpool fans couldn't care less about the national team, uh, you know, the Republic of it of Liverpool. Um, but you you gotta you gotta question, you know, why a young player would put his mental health, let's be honest, on the line for uh, the national team when you're on, you're literally on a hiding to nothing and when even your own manager is not giving you cover then man why and i, I was i was uh, i was listening to a podcast earlier on the week and i think gareth southgate has only picked him he's only started trent like eight times in his entire um uh tenure as england manager and in, in that time Trent's won the Champions League. He's won the league. He's been to the Champions League final. Yeah, it's just crazy. It's just crazy. But anyway, getting back to your original question. Yeah, he was great. I thought he was great. I thought he made some great tackles. It wasn't his best game. It wasn't his worst game. But he made a difference out there. Even, even if he didn't score that goal, which was just a beauty. I mean, it was like the fact that it was him. It was like, yes. I mean, everything that he does well now. I'm just cheering it. I'm like, I'm screaming, yes, Trent, yes. We're all behind him. We're all behind him so much. We all want him to do well, and we know he will. He will do well, and he will. He will power through this completely. Um, uh, yeah, it was good. It was good. I mean, you know, we'll we'll go on to talk about Real Madrid later on. That was a little bit less clear cut, but you know, today. I thought overall it was a it was a pretty solid performance, and he, he made the difference today. Um, he certainly did. 
but there were good there were other good performances that uh, I also want to we're going to go through the team in in a minute but uh, but I want to talk more generally first about the first half now um I saw a stat that I think in our in our last 127 shots that we've taken at home in the first half of matches 127 shots we have zero first half goals uh which at home in the league which is it's it's utterly baffling um but abdul this this i mean yet again we failed to score in the first half because of that offside thing but it's it's what's going wrong in the first half i mean it, is it just bad luck is it just bad finishing for the last i believe it's 17 or 18 matches now um apart from once when Diogo Jota scored against Wolves in injury time in the first half. I think that's the only goal, home or away, that we've got in the last 18 matches in the league. Um, what do you think is going wrong, Abdul? I mean, how can we fix that? Or is it just a question of just, we just need, you know, we just had an incredible run of bad luck? Yeah, it's, it's even more shocking when you consider, I, I can't remember which season it was, but scoring in the first half used to literally be a trademark of Liverpool under Klopp a couple of seasons ago. We were just banging them in every single first half and it was like we would steamroll teams before the half time, and then we would kind of just go on with the rest of the match, get the three points or we would concede and we wouldn't have the consistency. So it's absolutely kind of baffling that we've kind of regressed to this point I wouldn't, to be fair, I wouldn't call it a regression. We, it's not that we've got worse as a football team. I think it's just mainly teams have developed ways that they can frustrate us and deny us goal-scoring opportunities. Um, that is compounded by the fact that um, last season we were really clinical in some situations. Like we would only need like one chance and we would get a goal from that. And then we could just kind of see out the rest of the match but this season we're not getting that first goal and then that's just making the half drag on and then our players lose confidence and it's all just kind of like all of these little mentality things just compounding each other um but saying that today I did notice in the first half that it did feel like we had a lot more chances I I remember Salah like taking a shot from the left hand side when it broke to him after a corner or something like that um, Firmino got his goal which got disallowed obviously, Yota had a shot so I, I feel like we're a lot more uh, creative in the first half today than usual but yeah again it's just um, just not taking our chances um, but yeah hopefully positive signs going forward um, but yeah it's just weird, I, I, it's, it's so hard to give like a, just a clear one sentence answer on why we're not scoring goals as regularly this season but um once again, I'm I'm really impressed with Diogo Jota today. I think um, maybe it's because he was playing for Wolves and they just don't get that many chances. But he is so... Uh, he just looks like he can score. No matter what kind of angle he gets the ball in or whatever, he just looks like he wants to create a chance or get a goal or whatever. And that was epitomised by his goal against Wolves. It didn't really look like a clear-cut chance at all, but he just took the shot anyways and it went in the back of the net. So I think... Yota is going to be so, he already has been, but he's going to be so, such a big player for us going forward to help us break this bad luck. Great stuff. Absolutely great stuff. Although one thing we cannot tolerate on Copon is Yota because um, the 
Jota because it's a <laughs> je, because it's a, apologies. I hold my hand. right, Abdul. <laughs> it's like oh, he's not happy about that shit. I, no, I'm not happy about that. And if 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 I'm not, I've let it go in the past as well. But I'm also not going to accept Nabi Kaita as well. Be be warned. Kate be is Kaita, right? It is Kater. Think of Kate A.D., Kate Winslet, Kate Moss, if you prefer. But it's nothing to do with the flying thing in the park. What's the rule with uh, Jota then? Jota, sorry. Uh, Jota, because he's Portuguese. You see, it's Slavic languages. The J becomes uh, a Y, a Y, like in uh, Jovanovic. Ah, okay, okay. You see, uh, Jovatic, all of these... Uh, but uh, because it's not a Slavic language, it's Latin language, uh, and it's Portuguese. Uh, it's a je, like the French courgette. Brian. Uh, yeah, sorry. I, 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 yeah. Brian. Um, what's your, what, what are your views on this uh, first half malaise? Are, are you saying like Abdul? I mean, it's, it's a very complex issue, which is very true. Um, but uh, I don't know. I'm interested in it. You know, in your thoughts on how we can just actually, you know, put the ball in the onion bag in that first forty-five minutes. We got to drop Bobby, obviously. <laughs> He's fucking shit <laughs> right now. No, <laughs> He's I'm absolutely dead. gashed. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's no. I mean, honestly. Well, okay. Um, just you know, when it, our overall play is pretty good still. Um, you know, our, our shape and the structure and the technique that we're using, all good, right? But there's two things that are missing. Anytime we put in a... We got lucky today, right? Okay, we... we, we overall, we deserve the win, for sure. But many times this season, we've deserved the win and we haven't got it, right? Because we haven't found a way just to make it happen. And... There's a, for me, there's a, the most important thing that I've observed in Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool is the press. It might seem very obvious or a little bit simplistic, but Jurgen Klopp, for me, his whole philosophy is we are horrible to play against. We are going to make it horrible for you to play against us for 90 minutes. We're not going to let up. We are not going to give you a moment and if we do give you a moment, it'll be because we decided to give you a moment for five or ten minutes just so we can rest our legs, and then we're going to crush you again. And I haven't seen that for a while. And any time we have like a so-so performance, that tends to be missing. But as Abdul said, and as I said to my buddy earlier on, it's like I feel like we're going to win this game because unlike previous games where you know the frustration is that you know I feel like I've seen this crap game a million times already where we we do a lot of nice things it's a bit like when arsenal that arsenal team that was so amazing back in the 90s lost a bit of its bite and they just played too many passes and they forgot about scoring goals sometimes we're guilty of that where we just knock it about we, we keep the ball and the other team's fine you you keep the ball because you know if you're not creating chances that's fine you can play every pass you want but if you're not testing our keeper then really our game plan is working and i feel like we're missing that we we need to test the keeper more often and we did that today uh, even the first even the, although the first half was not great 
we at least did test the keeper a, a number of times. I think three times in the first half, and you know uh, the ball went over over the bar countless times as well. But I mean, I think ultimately what's happening with us is that there's just too many players who are off form. Um, too many players, when I guess the final third are missing that flow moment where they're not thinking. It's like a basketball player shooting shooting from the outside line. He doesn't think about it. He just throws the ball and it goes in. You know, it's like Mo Salah, you know, backheeling the ball into the corner, into the net. He, he does, That's not something he's made an assessment about. He just goes ahead and does it. And more, and so many times now we see it with our, with our players where they, uh, they either overthink it or they, they hesitate or they just don't go with the flow. And it's something that we have to, like, like Jota doesn't have that problem. He is a, he is a striker in the moment. And he's in, he's in, as Jurgen would say, he's in a good moment. And you could tell, like, if the ball's in and around the box, it's near his feet, he's going to stick it in the back of the net. Whereas Mo is, is very, very good. His performance is still consistently a seven at the very least. Um, sometimes he's absolutely brilliant, but it, it's not definitely going in the net every single time with Mo right now. But you've got the feeling that maybe he's one or two games, uh, one game away from finding that form where he's just banging it in for fun again. But for me, Bobby is just all over the shop. I mean, his first touch is shocking. I have a very un- politically incorrect <laughs> way to describe it, which I would never say in public, but it's not good, uh, shall we say. And uh, and I love Bobby, right? But we all know what Bobby, over the years, he doesn't score an awful lot of goals. And when he wasn't scoring those goals, we would you know, make up for that by saying that he is the best player in the world at what he does, which is basically create space for the other two players who are attacking on either wing. And he's the link up man and he drops in. He's the extra man in the midfield. And his first touch is everything. That's like, that's his number one quality. If he, he doesn't have his first touch, then you're losing so much because he's not now a goal scorer. And I just think, I mean, I don't know. I think it's his haircut. I seen his haircut today, and it was shocking. And I know, Owen, you're a man for a haircut. Um. <laughs> Bobby Firmino, I, I I disagree with you, Brian. I disagree. I thought he was good. Yes, I do. I, I thought he gave the ball away a couple of times, but uh, he should have had a goal. Um, and he tried. I mean, he had two shots, which is one more than his usual <laughs> one shot in a match. But um, his his passing accuracy was down. It's only seventy point six percent. But so what was it? What was his number of passes over the over the overall game? Well, how many passes did he attempt? He he attempted uh, well thirty four passes compared to twenty seven from Diogo Jota uh, and forty one from Mohamed Salah. Mohamed Salah was unbelievable. He had eighty five point four percent passing accuracy, whereas Diogo Jota had seventy four percent from his 27 passes, but Bobby from his 34 passes had 70.6 passing OC. He was trying dangerous balls. He was giving the ball away, yes. Don't normally interject, but I feel strongly about this, about Bobby. And I love Bobby, right? He's a great guy. But, I mean, the thing about Bobby is his passing is such a big part of what he's supposed to give to the team. Like his pass completion rate is like because he's he's not as clinical as the other two strikers and hasn't been for a, a long time. 
his minimum requirement when he performs out there is that he is, you know, 85, 90%, because that's actually what he's supposed to, I think, I don't know, that's what he's supposed to be giving to the team, because un- until he becomes a goal machine, I mean, I, sa- I preface this by saying, I love the guy, he's great, but there comes a point when, you know, you have to admit, like, I just think he has been, he has been out of sorts for a while, but I mean, I think it's some, like, some of the passes that he did today, okay, but the stats that you're saying to me doesn't sound as bad as it was in my head. But in my head, <laughs> and not the stats, I was like, oh, man. Because some, some of the passes were clear-cut chances in the, in the true statistical sense. Do you know what I mean? There was like a, the player was on. And if he had just put that pass at the right pace and he overhit hit a couple of passes... There was, I don't know if it was Mo or Giotta or Giotta, I've forgotten, Diego, um, was clear in. And anyway, look, I mean, I want him to play through it, but I don't know. I mean, I think it's um, it's a bit of a worry when uh, I, I, I think he, well, it wasn't his best game uh, for me, you know, but. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. You make a good point there, Brian. And it's, um, yeah, well, I, I, maybe I wasn't watching his passing game too much. I was watching other things he was doing. And I thought his first touch was pretty good. I thought his runs were excellent. I thought that he, you know, Mo Salah had seven shots in total, only two on target. Diogo Jota had uh, five shots and only one on, on target. But a lot of those shots, a lot of that space they were getting, Bobby had something to do with it all, I think. But, um, well, I don't know. Where, where where do you stand on Bobby Abdul? No, I think I think it was an improvement today from what we've seen recently. <clears throat> Got to say as well, he has to come back from a bit of an injury for the first time in a while. Um, and yeah, I thought I, I wanted him to play today um, because I think he we do need him to start against Madrid because uh, we saw against Madrid we just didn't have. Um, we didn't. Ha- it wasn't even the pressing, but it was more like just the. Uh, I'm trying to find the word here. Just kind of like the presence in our team just was kind of off. So I, I I wanted Bobby to start today. I wanted him to play a good game and hopefully get himself into some form, some rhythm, before we play against Madrid. And I thought in the first half he was um, he was pretty decent. Um, it wasn't his tippy top best performance form ever. But um, I think he's doing a lot of the right things on the ball. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it was a positive performance from him. It would have been great if he got the goal. Um, but, you know, uh, VAR, <laughs> I, I can't remember what he said. Some, something about geometry and just horrible, <laughs> miserable geometry. Um, but, yeah, hopefully he can build on that. I think it was a positive performance, though, from him for the first time in a while. So, um, yeah, let's... Let's carry on against Madrid. That's all I'm thinking about now. Just Madrid. We, I, I would just love a big night against Madrid. Oh God. Yeah, we we are definitely going to get into that. Um, uh, but f- just before we do, um, I just want to go through the team quickly, just to to talk a little bit about about each of our players because uh, they deserve it after today. Alison uh, Becker, though, um, who scored, put a, a red E next to his uh, name today. Uh, next to his player rating, which was only 6.23. And the E on who scored means an error leading to a goal. But that was not his only egregious error today, uh, was it, Abdul? The other one was, of course, to have dispensed with his moustache 
and both errors were pretty shocking. But uh, we can forgive him because he's Alison Ramesses Becker, can we not? Well, I mean, he was, he was well on his way to becoming an icon with that with that moustache. But I think <laughs> after the Madrid match, he's probably just like, I need to stop with all the all the memeable stuff. So uh, I need to look a bit serious again. So yeah, I mean, lucky for him. He's a perfect mix of genes that no matter what he does, he's always going to look amazing. So I think we can all just be a bit jealous of him all the time. Um, so maybe that's why he's making the mistakes, just to prove that he isn't a superhuman. He, he's got flaws to him. But yeah, it was, uh, yeah, the mistake for the goal was a bit, it's a bit annoying. Um, but it, to be fair, if you look at it on a replay, he, I guess maybe he thought that Watkins was going to try and put it far corner, so he, he, he committed a bit more to the far corner and then it just went a bit central and then he didn't have enough power behind it. And I don't know. But Alisson, he's got a bit of a mistake in him, doesn't he? Like, not even this season. I remember, like, last season, uh, he, he made a mistake against Leicester or somebody, but he's got a bit of a mistake in him. Um, but, yeah, thankfully, he just he he manages to have so many big moments that we forget about them. But, yeah. Hopefully, fingers crossed, we can just onwards and upwards, basically. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, we've already spoken uh, about Trent Alexander-Arnold. Um, uh, Ozan Kabak is next on the list. Um, he had 64 passes and 82.8% passing accuracy today. Defensively, one tackle, one interception, no clearances, no blocked shots, and two fouls. Um, Ozan Kabak... Um, would you sign him, Brian? Has he done enough for you? Because uh, I would. I li- I like the kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. I I, I like him. He he um he's got he's got something about him. I think you know. I like his character. I like his uh he's got presence. He doesn't seem to be phased at all about you know playing for Liverpool. Um and um so far so good. I think he's been really good overall. Um I you know it's. I don't think today was his absolute best game. I, my like my friend I was watching the game with was really pretty hard on him at one stage. I think he made a mistake for one of the goals or I don't know, but uh he he wasn't tight enough on his man for that first goal, I think. But overall I think um he looks pretty solid. I mean it depends on how much we're spending on him. Um you know, to, to sign it. Wasn't it like eighteen, twenty million or something ridiculous, something very small? I mean I know mm-hmm. that in is it 18? Yeah, I mean, at that price, definitely. 18, because, yeah. yeah, definitely. It's a no-brainer. Complete no-brainer. Because, I mean, I know he's very, very highly rated amongst the scouting community in European football. And potential for him to be a really good player is there. And he's like, look look at the results since him and since him and Nat Phillips have got uh, in the centre of the pitch there. We've conceded two goals i don't know in the last four or five games so pretty good yeah 18 million no brainer i would sign him you know and let him fight out for who who you know the, the, who's going to play with virgil that's the name of the game <laughs> if virgil comes back healthy um and uh yeah i'd i'd happily have him at uh, liverpool full time well said absolutely uh the next on the list um is a guy who according to this is anfield uh, an article from uh, March the 14th of this year. Um, it's a guy who said, if I ever, sorry, if ever I lose a header, it proper winds me up. 
And of course, I'm talking about Nat Phillips, a guy who was, uh, you know, who was top of the Premier League uh, for aerial duels, one per 90, uh, with 5.9. Well, this was going back to March the 14th. I, I think he won about 15 headers today by my reckoning, Abdul. And I, th- I think he probably practices, you know, when you're driving and you see the uh, falling rocks sign. I reckon that Nat Phillips sort of lives in a tent in these kind of areas and just practices and just can't wait for the falling rock so he can practice his headers. Uh, who scored has him as the man of the match with a, a whopping 7.83 rating. Um, and he was, uh, sorry, 7.81, two tackles, not, no interceptions, seven clearances by far the most in the team. Anything that went went um, near him, he walloped it away with his magical head or with his either of his feet. And with his feet, his passing accuracy was up. Um, and most weirdly is that he tops the list along with Andy Robertson, and Trent with three key passes in the match. Can't remember them personally. But Nat Phillips, what a guy. Um, you, you, I imagine you, you, you're you like me, Abdul, and, and you're definitely keeping him for next season. It's, it's a great question. I think it's just so... Um, Liverpool fans with the centre-back crisis... I've seen weeks, I've seen matches where people have been like, oh, Kabak is carrying Phillips. And then obviously Phillips won Man of the Month, um, the Man of the Month award for for Liverpool. So nobody's quite sure what's going on. I don't think anybody really understands how to rate these performances. But when when I watch Phillips, I genuinely think he has been putting in really good performances. Everybody keeps describing him as this kind of like limited centre back, as if he's like, Jamie Carragher reborn and he can't do anything. He just gets the ball away, old-fashioned, no nonsense. But even on the ball, I, I love watching him because he keeps things really crisp, firstly. So if he like if he gets the ball, he'll just pass it straight off to Fabinho or Thiago. But if he does need to become a bit more adventurous and pass the ball right through the lines, and maybe that's what was reflected in the key passes stat that you mentioned, he does have that ability and he can do that. Um so I don't even think he's like a limited centre-back. I think he's a he's a modern centre-back. He just focuses really well on doing the heading and the aggression and the no-nonsense stuff as well. So 24 years of age, he's, he's, he's completely proved himself in this Liverpool team. I don't have any kind of fear about him starting now or anything like that. I didn't even really to begin with, but I think he's just, he's been such a, great story for our season one of the few positives that we've had and the question about next season is brian was saying earlier kabak absolute cert for 18 million um we've obviously had those konate rumors from leipzig for 34 million this is release clause and i think even in the last few days they said we might be able to get him for less than that so with gomez matip and van dyke all coming back from injury and then You've got Phillips here. You've already got Kabak if you get him on a certain transfer. We do have a big question about what happens uh, with our centre-backs next season. I know that we we might feel like, oh, we we should pack more than we need because obviously this season has proved that, you know, you can never have enough centre-backs. But you could also argue that this is a freak season and no team loses three of their senior centre-backs. So the question with Phillips is, 
is he going to get enough games next season with everybody fit or should we cash in right now before his contract runs down another year while he's at a really high value after putting in a really impressive season for Liverpool and honestly I think I would just let Phillips make that decision himself if I was Klopp if I'm Klopp I would say bring him into the office and say look if you want to stay you can stay but that this is the reality you're going to have to compete with these three world-class centre-backs in Matip, Van Dijk and Gomez. And then we're also going to be signing Ozan and maybe even Konate as well. You can stay if you want to, you can fight it out. Or if you want to go, fair enough. Like, we're going to get a ton of money for you and we really thank you for what you've given us for these last few months. But either way, I'm happy. Um, yeah, that, that's what I can say about Phillips. That's an excellent, uh, well, well, well said. That's a, that's a perfectly reasonable position and an excellent answer um brian um and i agree i agree yeah let's let's leave it up to nat to decide but uh i mean he would uh, possibly get in ahead of Kabak for me uh to start alongside verge if and presuming that verge will will be back for next season um brian on the left hand side of defense of course was andy robertson um yes he's jaded yes he's tired but he still did really well against Bertrand Traore um, and Matty Cash whenever he rarely went forward and, and Douglas Luiz was on that side as well. But on, on our left, on that left-hand side, we had Andy Robertson and James Milner in front of him. And I wanted to choose either of those to talk about. Uh, so, yeah, go ahead. Uh, I will, um, hmm. I will choose James Milner then to talk about <laughs> um yeah i thought i thought mini was shocking today um I, I i wasn't impressed with him at all i thought he was at fault for the first goal because i think they scored they scored from a free kick uh, from our free kick it was a poor pass yes from from milner to Firmino. yeah but it wasn't i mean there was about i just feel like at this level you know um, you can have a mistake, fine, it happens. But you can't have three or four mistakes in a game. Uh, it's just not acceptable. And that's not to say I'm not the biggest fan of James Milner. I am. I think he's brilliant. And, you know, but he's not beyond criticism. And, and he he has, as all the players, they can have a bad game from time to time. And, uh, I mean, there was... Ultimately, I was really happy with the result, you know, and that was that was the only thing that was important. I feel like we've had such a shit season and things are so difficult that as long as we can find a way to make um, make some joy out of this, then that's brilliant. Um, and it's the same with individual matches. As long as we can get what we need out of the matches, then that's great. If we can get a result and everybody performs well, brilliant. If we can get a result and people don't perform well, equally brilliant <laughs> but um i thought today wasn't his best day in a liverpool shirt and considering he's one of the senior players out there and we're deep in in the mire at the moment and we need leaders we need leadership out there because we're missing hendo we're missing virgil and genie um genie uh M- millie is our leader right well you know that's why he's captain and i love him to death he's just the best lover. I was just saying to my friend, my favorite thing in the world in football is watching James Milner 
being come on as a sub and putting a tackle into somebody within 10 seconds of coming on, <laughs> putting an equalizer in. Uh, he's just a great player. Um, um, but I just thought like that the, the pass that he gave that led to the goal was one of maybe four bad, very bad passes today. And so I wasn't, uh, I mean, he wasn't the reason why we had a poor performance, but he definitely contributed to it. Well, okay. I think you're being a little bit harsh there, Brian, but uh, there you go. That's, uh, you know, we're, we're all welcome to our opinions and that's excellent stuff. It's a really good answer. Um, yeah, Milner, I mean, he had uh, one shot. It was on target, uh, one key pass. Defensively, he had three tackles, which was equal most in the team, along with Trent. Um, one interception, no clearances, no blocked shots. Um, and passing-wise, he had 61 passes with an 83.6% passing accuracy. But beyond the stats, I thought his grittiness today was something that we we miss uh, when we, we when he's not in the team, certainly compared to, to Naby Keita when he starts. Uh, Milner, because he is ever-present and he is there in moments. And yes, you're absolutely right. That he did make a mistake for their goal, but I didn't noticed too many but there you go um moving on to amongst the midfielders uh abdul i'm going to give you a choice of either fabinho or Jorginho vineldum to talk about uh but before i do i'm going to give you some of their stats from whoscored.com as always uh, fabinho 61 passes 88.5 percent passing accuracy uh, he had uh, one tackle, three interceptions, one clearance. Uh, offensively, um, he did nothing apart from the fact that he was fouled three times. And uh, who scored gave him a rating, quite a low rating of 6.65. Giorgino um, Vinaldum was the worst rating of our midfielder. Our midfielders, uh, Milner got 6.86, Giorgino Vinaldum got 6.44, having had one shot, it wasn't on target, one key pass. He only had 34 passes in his 69 minutes on the field, but with 91.2% passing accuracy, he was the most accurate, but then he often plays the, the safe pass, the simple pass. Uh, Genie was okay, I thought. Uh, Fabinho was was good and uh, an interesting little side note because um, I do like languages uh, was I was reading in The Guardian an excellent piece about Douglas Luis before the match and they talked about the volante which I can't pronounce in Brazilian Portuguese volante or something like that which actually means the steering wheel which is what they call Fabinho's position the number six in Brazilian Portuguese which is very cool the steering wheel of the team. Um, so you could either talk about the steering wheel or Jeannie Vianeldum. Uh, where are you going with it, Abdul? On another day, I probably would have picked Fabinho, but I, I want to delve into Jeannie because I don't feel like I ever talk about him. Um, Wijnaldum's a, obviously a very, not even polarising anymore. People just think he's terrible. Uh, people think that he's just boring, safe. They call him ghost, um, all that kind of stuff. And I can't really disagree. Um, even watching today's performance, it's just a bit of... Um, you just, you're just kind of at a loss for words. Like, why do you choose these passes every time? Because he has it all there. You can see he has the physicality. He can hold players off. He can dribble, like we saw with the goal against Madrid. He can accelerate. He, he has amazing technical ability. 
Um, when he plays for the Netherlands teams, he gets goals. Um, so you're just kind of wondering why is it that when you come into our midfield, you, he just kind of loses something. Um, he just becomes a lot more uh, conservative. Um, and yeah, I can't, I don't have any kind of answer for it, but uh, you just really, it's just very, uh, yeah, lackluster. Um, but then in big games, he does pull it out of the bag. I'm sure we all remember the Barcelona game. So I do feel like he still is a mainstay in our team because we don't have Henderson at the moment. We need as much protection as we can get. Um, Milner, yeah, again, he's never going to shine any bright lights when he plays in the game. Um, he's always in there just for the experience, for the for the aggression, the solidity. Um, so I can kind of accept Milner giving, you know, an unimaginative performance. But with Wijnaldum, I'm... I mean, I can't, it's not like uh, it's not like I can like give up on him because I guess he's leaving at the end of the season, anyways, at the moment. Um, but it's just kind of annoying now. Um, I do want to see a bit more from him. Um, so yeah, we only have a few more games with him. So I hope he decides to bust out a couple of moves before he goes and actually show us something different. That's all I can say. Yes, I, I, I sort of, I totally get where you're coming from. But I do kind of, and I share, I share the frustration because you're right. He does have it all in his proverbial locker, and he could do more. But I just, I'm just convinced that it's it's some kind of uh, st- strategy from Klopp, uh, where you just say, right, Genie, you are the one who keeps the ball for us at all costs. Uh, but yes, the only 34 passes, and that's quite typical for him to be by far, you know, to have by far the, the least amount of touches even uh, of of any any of our midfield players. Then uh, I do understand people's frustration. I mean, he only touched the ball 41 times. Compared, I mean, of course, he didn't finish the match, but compared to James Milner, 78 times, Fabinho, 75, Andy Robertson, 76. Nat Phillips, 85, Kabak, 69, and then going forward, Mohamed Salah, 60 uh, touches of the ball, um, Firmino, 51, Jota, 46, so he was the lowest. But um, yeah, we've spoken about Jota, we've spoken about uh, Bobby, but we haven't spoken about Mo Salah, really. I mean, he's he scored. He scored with his head. As I said before, seven shots two on target, one goal, one key pass, 85.4% passing accuracy. But Mo Salah, he was close to his devious, dangerous best. He could have done a lot better with some of the chances, the glaring miss in the first half, of course. But he's always done that. He's always done that. And the great thing about him is that he keeps going. Um, He links play well. And there's that thing I love, Brian, about Mo Salah when the ball is bouncing or the ball's coming to him high and he's got someone who's about twice his uh, height um, who's who's marking him and pushing him and, th- and trying to get to the ball. And Mo just uses his his solid frame, you know, solid as, you know, it's like he's, he's made of graphene and you can Google graphene if you don't know what it is. Uh, it's the hardest substance known uh, to humanity. Um, um, Brian, Mohamed Salah, uh, he's he's the player of the season, right? Yeah, I mean, to 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 use a, a Brendan Rodgers-ism, he's a beautiful human being. 
is he? <laughs> I was listening. <laughs> <laughs> he really is. <laughs> I was listening to uh, the the gang over at the Anfield Rap, um, and they were talking about him. And you know, I think we all feel the same way about Mo. He's just brilliant. He's brilliant, and I think this year um, he's so consistent the entire season. Tret like in the most difficult of times. Um, playing in the most turbulent uh, season, in the most unstable team in Klopp's era anyway, there's one person that you can rely on for the same kind of performance week in, week out. And, you know, he doesn't always score goals every single game. Most games he does, though. But you just know what you're going to get. And he's the first name on the team sheet for everybody, right? Who are you going to put on there? Mo. Yeah, put Mo on. You you know what you're going to get with Mo. I mean, um, yeah, he was he was brilliant. I mean, he's just he's just brilliant. His I think people are sleeping on just how amazing he is because he's he's suffering from that thing that all great players suffer from. He's just so consistent. He's so good. He he performs at such a high level week in, week out that people just take it for granted. I mean, I don't think many Liverpool fans take it for granted, but I think a lot of um, pundits and people outside of Liverpool are sleeping on just how good he is. So, yeah, another brilliant performance by Mo. Well, long may it continue because I do, I do fear the day when, when he leaves, and I hope that he doesn't get tempted to another club because he's an absolute hero. Um, his legend will live forever, anyway, at Liverpool. Uh, but let's move on to the big match then at uh, midweek. The review of last, the last match. We haven't spoken about that on, on, on Cop on. We were absolutely dire. Um, it, it, what's interesting to note as I look back at the the seven two loss. Uh, against Aston Villa earlier in the season and we played the same midfield of uh, Vinaldum, Keita and Fabinho in that Villa match as we did against Madrid in the first leg. Uh, and my, my, my question, my opening question about uh, is about that first leg. Was it? Would you agree with me, Abdul, that it was our worst performance of the season along with Villa away and we were very, very lucky to only escape with a 3-1 loss? Yeah. Um, and that is exactly why we took off on Abby Cater after 40 minutes. We were very, very much at risk of letting that, the entire tie, go away from us. Um, and it wasn't, like Klopp has said, it wasn't completely down to Naby, but just there was just something off with the team. And Madrid, I kept saying it to people before in various group chats who were looking down on Madrid, like, oh, they don't have Ramos. Oh, they don't even have Varane now. Oh, no Hazard. It's like, this is Real Madrid. Like... They're, they've won three Champions Leagues in the last decade, you know. All of their players that they have um, are champions and they have winning mentality. They can turn it on. And we were really very much at risk of sinking underneath an oncoming tide. But we managed to get an away goal. We managed to keep ourselves in the tie. So we do have a job on our hands. But uh, thankfully, we do have a job on our hands because we could be going out on Wednesday and just playing the kids because it was it was it was four or five um, by the end of like the ninety minutes on on Tuesday, but yeah, um, it is going to take a big performance from us. And I'm trying to think figure out how we're going to line up in midfield or up front. And uh, at 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 this moment, I thank God that I'm not the one being paid vast sums of money to to think about it because it is a really difficult decision. Um, yeah, 
let's let's see how it goes. But yeah, lots of optimism. Big Champions League night. Um, this is exactly the bread and butter of being a Liverpool fan. So very much looking forward to it. Great stuff. Lovely answer. Um, yeah, there are lots of. Uh, Lots of questions about the lineup, and, and and before we go into what you know, what we would do, I th- I would like to just talk about the conundrums, the the riddles, the enigmas that uh, Real Madrid set because they were they were they were numerous. I thought Brian, um, the the most glaring one was down their left, uh, an hour right. So we had we had Genie Vinaldum in front of Trent. Uh, Mo Salah was was going forward as much as possible. And so was Trent, actually. So when you have uh, Vinicius Jr. and the excellent Ferland Mendy charging at you, they're so direct, they're so rapid. Um, the, you know, apart from Alfonso Davis, probably, you know, the most um, rapid and direct left-sided players I could think of in the world, apart from our very own and very dear Andy Robertson. Um, how do we go about solving that one, Brian? Because we have to do a heck of a lot better, don't we? Yeah, and uh, can I just apologise to everybody <laughs> because I was oh, I I just suffered from the whole oh Real Madrid are old. This is this is the perfect game at the perfect time. <laughs> it's like shit. I forgot it's Real Madrid. I mean, they played us off the park. Let's be honest. Uh, the first half. I mean, I. When I saw the team sheet and I saw Naby Keita, uh, I was like, oh, no, this is not good. Uh, this is not going to work. And it didn't. Um, and uh, and Real Madrid were just Real Madrid. They were peak Real Madrid. I thought, you know, there's so much talent, so much, you know, Cruz and Modric. <laughs> just Rolls-Royce football players in the middle of the park. And it showed. And I think we kind of, I think it's been mentioned num- numerous times, um, you know, that we just second-guessed ourselves. We didn't back ourselves in the first half. There was many times when the break was on, and rather than go forward, we we cut back. Um, you know, there was like an element of like play it safe and and whatnot. Um, but I think you uh, y- your um, assessment of Genie and um, Trent was very accurate. He was. He was left exposed. I mean, we have to remember that, you know, with Trent, he's probably the most attacking right back in world football right now, Um, uh, or most prolific anyway, in terms of actual results. And that comes at a cost. You know, he he goes forward, he leaves gaps. And if he's going to do that, you need that, that player on that side of the pitch has to mop up and has to... Um, pick up uh, the loose ends and it's no accident that anytime Jordan Henderson's playing that we see the best of Trent because Jordan Henderson's just such a beast and he's so um, uh, selfless in the way he plays football and, and he knows where he needs to be and he can see um, you know where the team needs him and I, I think, I mean I actually thought once or twice tonight watching the game and actually in recent weeks about Genie I mean I, I, I almost feel a bit guilty saying this out loud but you know has he got one foot at the door because some of some of his performances have have been questionable for me 
Um, like there was like in this game today, there was a there was a fifty fifty that he came that he that he backed out of, and that annoyed me. You know, it was like it, he had as much right to get that ball as the Aston Villa player, but he didn't fancy it, and you know he just backed out of it. And I think with Real Madrid, I mean the good news is that. Uh, as I mentioned before we started recording, myself and my good mate Carl, we played Real Madrid in uh, Pro Evo 2021 and we won 2-0 <laughs> at Anfield. So that bodes well. Um, look, I think if, if if any team can do it, it's Liverpool. Um, but I would, um, to answer your, your, lo- your original question, I would put in, um, I would go at Milner because it's very rare that Milner has back-to-back questionable performances so i trust him and i would go with uh, fab and tiago and have some solidity um uh, in the team i would i don't know if milner's played on the right hand side of the of the pitch that often but i would I, trent obviously needs some protection because um that player you mentioned who scored the goal i can't, I can't remember his name now he was amazing he was amazing he was sorry Vinicius Junior. Oh, Vinny to his mates. What a player. What a player. Oh, he was terrorizing us, not just Trent, the whole team. He was at it the whole night. He looked so dangerous and he looked such a player. I mean, I didn't know that much about him. I, I'm embarrassed to say before, you know, before the game, um, but I do now. Um, so going into the second leg, I think the, the 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 name of the the order of the day is to we need to keep it compact. We need to keep it. It needs to be a a, a, a disciplined um, performance. That's what we need going forward. We need people that we can rely on. We need people that we can trust. And and so for me, that's that's James Milner all day. Well, it's a very interesting answer, uh, and I'm curious as to your opinion on it uh, on this situation, Abdul. I mean, um, what what would you do? Same same as Brian, you know, trust uh, Millie, thirty five years old. Can he stop these two, uh, you know, ter- terrorizing people down down uh, the Real Madrid left? I think first and foremost, you definitely have Firmino in there. Sorry, uh, Fabinho. Um, that's a, that's a, that's the only one that you're kind of confident on the second one i would say you have to start tiago because uh we signed him exactly for matches like this and he's i remember his performance for bayern against real madrid a couple of seasons ago or maybe he's even last season and no, it wasn't last season but he was so good and this is exactly the kind of match that you signed him for um so yeah he's got to start and then the question becomes do you start a third midfielder or do we chase the two goals by starting four, uh, for the the fab four, the fantastic four, um, and I don't know, I don't know, I I would be tempted to start the fantastic four, uh, but the only reason is just because I think uh, Zidane will think, oh, Klopp wouldn't do that. He would, he's too smart to just start with um, to start gung ho. So maybe it'll be Klopp doing a bit of reverse, reverse psychology by doing it. And then hopefully you can steamroll them in the first half, get a goal, hopefully two in the first half, and then go into halftime and maybe change things up. But I really don't know. I think, yeah, we probably, if we are going to say Klopp sticks to his guns, he will probably start 
one of Genie or Milner. And I do think Milner does have a shout to be in there. Um, Genie looks tired. He's He played a lot of matches for Netherlands. He plays a lot of matches for us. He's been taken off after about 60 minutes in the last few matches for us as well. Um, so, I don't know. Yeah, maybe Milner... Mil- having Milner in the team does give me a lot of confidence for some reason. Just the mentality that he brings, the fight that he brings, the grit, um, all of those things are important. But one thing I would say is, um, Brian's right, we do need stability and we need a trust in midfield. But in a match like this, um, it's just, you're going to concede chances. You have to know that you're going to concede chances. So we also need a ton of luck we need Allison in his best form because he's definitely going to have to make a big save at some point. Um, Madrid are going to create chances, so we can't we can't completely go out there and just try and uh, defend our way to the win because it won't happen. We need to attack the match. We're at home. We're at Anfield. We haven't had the best of time there recently, but we need to prove to them that it is Anfield, even without the fans. So, yeah, I, I hope we see a completely different kind of mentality and attitude towards the match in general because um, what we saw in the first half last week just wasn't Liverpool. So we need to, we, we have something to prove in this match. We we need to prove that we are Liverpool again. So I definitely see Bobby starting. Um, I see Jota starting. But then the question is, yes, Sorry, Salah will definitely... Jota starting, Jota starting, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, the question is, I guess, um, Salah will definitely start. So the question is, are we going to start Mane as well? Um, big questions, big questions. Klopp, Klopp hopefully will choose the right answer on the day. But don't you think, Abdul, that if you played two midfielders, so it's just Thiago and Fabinho, then then that also doesn't solve the other riddle, which was the fact that they they have the excellent Casemiro, fabulous player, another Brazilian steering wheel. Um, but he to, to part he 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 wins the ball and he he's got Modric to pass it to or he's got Tony Cruz to pass it to. Um, if we only have two midfielders, with maybe okay Bobby coming back, ah, oh, I don't know. I just I just see us getting overrun again. Do you not think you know tactically? Because also Thiago he can't run backwards very. Very well. So I mean, you know, if when they win the ball, they can still give it to either Cruz or Modric, and he they can release uh, Vinny again. You're completely right. You're completely right. Um, and I think it is going to depend a little on what Madrid do today because they've got the match against Barcelona. I'm not sure if it's today or tomorrow, but they they're playing Barcelona very soon. Um, They've toyed around with a three at the back formation where they only had two midfielders in there. Um, maybe Zidane will feel like uh, he knows Liverpool are going to come and attack him. Maybe go three at the back, only have two midfielders in there. And then in that situation, us having two midfielders in there won't necessarily mean it will be swamped. But if they do go three in midfield um, and it's, it's against a Liverpool two in midfield, I still do kind of feel confident because Fabinho came from a team where he was playing two in midfield and he did take a while to adjust to being the one in our midfield. But um, he he can play in a two in midfield well. Thiago as well last season for Bayern, it was him and Kimmich. And he can play in a two in midfield and do it well. 
even though I know that we're thinking, oh, he's not going to have the legs to do all the defensive work. But I don't know. Uh, I think nobody's going to have Jordan Henderson's legs or James Milner's legs. So you can't, I, I would kind of even just put that out of my thinking. Um, just got to hope that what we do on the ball will be enough that we won't have to do so much defensive work. Well, we will. We will have to do defensive work, but I don't think he's a complete liability. And I think defending is more about the entire team structure. I think that was our main issue defensively in the first match. It was just like you've got Phillips and Kabak who aren't so used to being in our high line and the lack of communication maybe. And if that was Van Dyke and Gomez, I feel like we would have dealt with that situation a bit more because of just the experiences, the experience that they would have of dealing with the high line situation. But it was just a bit too nervy against such a te- such a clinical team in Madrid. So it's not. I'm not so fearful about the two in midfield um, when it comes to defence. I'm just more fearful about our defending in general when it comes to defence. But yeah, I would I would have faith in putting uh, the two in midfield if Fabinho and Thiago. I think they can do the job. Um, and yeah, I think maybe that would be the right decision um, to chase to to attack the game, put the Fab Four in from the beginning and yeah just really give Madrid, Madrid the game and, and show them that Liverpool is Liverpool and we will scare the hell out of you excellent stuff Brian what do you think what, what, what are you going for what are your what are your answers yeah well look can I just say because I feel like I've been a bit negative Nelly uh, on this podcast I am absolutely over the moon right now even though I'm a little bit harsh on a couple of performances the fact that we are now, I don't know, it's still sitting in fourth right now, but it was the last time I checked, we were in fourth, which is just brilliant. And we're in a tie with Real Madrid. They're coming to our place. Um, look, I think we're, we're, it's great. It's, it's, it's still all there to play for. Um, you know, we got outplayed. It happens. Uh, but we, uh, we responded in the second half, I think. Um, and it was much more of an even-keeled uh, game. Um, and, you know, it's not beyond us to set up in a way that can contain them um, and uh, and win 2-0, right? Um, nobody gave us a chance against Barcelona. We were so written off in that game. We were written off against Madrid. We, sorry, we were written off against in, uh, Milan. We've been written off many, many, many times in Europe over the years, and it always comes back to bite people. So, um, look, I, I think the clever move in this particular game is to go solid, go, uh, go try to control the game, because if we can keep it tight, um, really, the idea, obviously, the ideal result for us is 2-0. And the longer the game goes on, actually, it kind of works in our favor with the nil-nil because just one goal changes the tie completely. Because if we score that one goal, then Real Madrid are one goal away from going out, you know, whereas, you know, it's it's kind of uh, catch-22. How, how much do they attack? Because, again, if they score the one goal, then it's the tie is, some would argue, it's over. Um, so... We, as Klopp has said many, many times in the past, if we are to do this, then we need 100% out of everybody. Everybody on the pitch has to find their form, find their, reach down, 
into their trunks and grab their uh, minerals and uh, go out and and be seen and show up. We can't have any passengers um, in the team and everybody, it has to be crisp. Every pass has to be where it needs to be. We can't have players not putting the ball where, where it should be. Everybody has to show up. And, uh, you know, we'll know. We'll know sooner or later. I mean, I, as uh, Abdul says, you know, Real Madrid versus Barcelona. Man, it doesn't get much bigger than that, does it, really? Uh, in, in any circumstances, that's like Liverpool, Man United, right? That's mentally draining, no matter what. And who knows what's, what um, shape uh, Real Madrid will be in after that game. Also, I mean, I don't know if, um, there's been an update on this, but I know you know at least one of their players tested positive for COVID um, before our game uh, during the week. So I'm wondering if there might be any more players who might. Uh, not that I'm, not that I'm wishing that. It's so insincere when I say that. But generally speaking, <laughs> I would never. Honestly, I would never wish a, an injury or anything on a on a on an opposition team. Um, but but what I'm saying, though, is that we don't know what uh, Real Madrid we're going to be up against um, come midweek uh, next week. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I couldn't really put my hat on it, no matter what, because we're, as it's been pointed out by a lot of people uh, recently, we're just so inconsistent as a football team right now, which has always been um, what Klopp, was striving to to fix when he first came to the club we need to first we need to become consistent and we were for so long um you know i think a lot of us felt so positive after the arsenal performance it was such a great performance it was so commanding and so um full in the way we dominated that game that we thought wow we can really kick on from here but as has been the case so many times this season you get yourself up after seeing something like that. You think, great, it's all good. We, you know, we can kick on now. Even if we can just keep it to a similar kind of performance level, then that's good. And then, you know, we get that first half in uh, in Madrid uh, during the week and just you become deflated. So, you know, let's see. I mean, at least tonight we, we've, we've got rid of the hoodoo of the home, uh, home results. You know, we've got to win at Anfield. <laughs> which is so crazy because we're just so used to winning at Anfield for so long. So it's still all to play for, you know, but he just needs, he needs men and players that he can rely on because it's a war. I mean, it's Real Madrid. They showed us that and they showed us just how good they are and they're not going to give it to us, obviously. And, you know, we're going to have to take their dreams uh, away. And, and uh, if we give them even a sniff, they're going to crush us at Anfield completely. So we can eat, we can win, we can beat them 2-0, but we have to be on it. Every player has to be on it. Excellent stuff. Excellent stuff. And I think that's pretty much all we've got time for. The rain is lashing down. As we speak, um, you know, as we're speaking now, as we're recording this, um, Real Madrid are, you know, preparing to kick off. Kickoffs in 47 minutes. And they are pretty much unchanged. They made one change, uh, bringing in Valverde for Asensio from their team. So, you know, fortunately, they don't have any more COVID cases. And I know what you mean, Brian. Of course, nobody would wish that on anybody. But um, having said that, on the bench, they don't have a full bench. So maybe there is something in that. 
but uh, no, we hope that they they will turn up as full strength as possible. Uh, and I also think the one thing that can really uh, work in our favour is hubris, because that's been the undoing of many uh, an opposition and even Liverpool ourselves in the past. But if they come thinking, well, you know, we just need one goal and then they get at Liverpool, or two goals and then Liverpool would need four, and, you know, they, we, or, or five even. But I don't think it's going to be over. I think we've got a, we, we've got a chance, especially if they, if they turn up thinking that, like Barcelona did, thinking that, yeah, the job's more or less done. Uh, and and Brian, as you say, you know we're going to need perfection from us. And if there's anything that Klopp's Liverpool can do on occasion, very occasionally, it's perfection. Uh, so thank you very much, guys. And uh, it's really it's been really nice talking to you and sharing the joy of finally, for the first time since December the sixteenth, I think, to get a win in the Premier League at Anfield and I can't wait for Wednesday and I'm sure you're the same so thank you very very much guys take care and hopefully speak to you soon cheers 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 c